Hello and welcome back to the Tech Stack Podcast. Today I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by Danielle Downs, Head of Next Gen Product Development at Nova Fori. Welcome Danielle, thank you so much for joining us. I just want to kind of open the floor up um, for about a minute just for you to explain um, who you are, what your background is and, and the areas in which you're working now. Sure. Um, so I'm originally from a business analyst background, uh, having started my career in digital transformation of HR business processes um, back in the early 2000s. Um, I then got into agile product management probably about 12, 13 years ago in 2010-11, uh, when agile was sort of becoming the next big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in total, I've worked sort of very closely with development teams for the past 15 years on uh, various flavours of digital marketplaces. Um, so I was at a job board for 10 years, uh, did a couple of years working for a large national chain of estate agents and then joined Nova Fori coming up to four years ago. Um, so so the, the overriding theme there is obviously marketplaces um, and it's probably one of our corporate slogans. It's a little bit of a cliche, um, but my passion is really sort of matching the right people with the right products at the right time, uh, whether that be jobs, property, dairy products, fine art and collectibles or carbon credits. Great stuff. Great stuff. I think it's a really, really um, interesting place to be in at the minute, um, especially with kind of exchange of digital information and and things like that. I want to start with a personal question for yourself. And um, in all the different sectors that you've worked in, which has been the most interesting to develop a digital marketplace in? Um, Well, I think, I mean, all marketplaces are obviously interesting. um, But what I like about my current role is that it's extremely varied. So, you know, we cross a wide variety of sectors. Uh, The next generation platform in particular is being developed to be completely industry agnostic. Uh, So we can develop platforms for commodities, um, for carbon credits, for fine art collectibles, uh, whatever, you know, whatever's out there, we can put it on a marketplace, basically. Um, and what I really enjoy about that is that no two days are the same. So you know, some days I'm working very closely with the dev team on backlog refinement uh, and other days working sort of much more closely with the sales team on you know, upcoming clients or doing podcasts like this. So, uh, yeah, that, that's what I really enjoy about it is that sort of variety. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Um, as a marketer as well, I can completely, completely relate to that. Um, <laughs> Okay, great. I think you kind of touched on where I want to go with this conversation today, um, and that being the carbon credit um, side of of the marketplaces that you that you've helped build. Um, I recently attended a Tech UK event um, and where two of the members of your team or the wider team um, yep. spoke about the development of this um, VCM. Could you just touch, kind of give listeners just an understanding of um, what this VCM means uh, and represents yeah. in terms of a technical product? Yes. So. Um... In 2021, basically, a consortium of investors, including Standard Chartered, DBS, Temasek and the Singapore Stock Exchange, um, approached us about building a platform for carbon credit suppliers to list their projects. Um, And what the platform does is it enables sellers of carbon credits to showcase their projects in a very clear, quantifiable and easily comparable format, uh, backed by data from multiple sources such as project registry certifications, sustainable development goals, co-benefits, and expert third-party insights, including pricing trends, risk analysis, and satellite imagery. Um, so that's really what the platform does. Um, and in terms of sort of the voluntary carbon market, I think um, what it did was add transparency and credibility um, to that voluntary carbon market, which is obviously sort of very much unregulated at the moment. It is a voluntary market, um, but it, it was at a time when there was a lot of scepticism around nature-based carbon offsets and you know so-called greenwashing. 
Mm -hmm. um, and I think one of the best things about the platform is that, you know, the rich presentation of each project um, backed by data from a, a range of credible and expert sources. It really invites scrutiny and enables buyers to choose quality projects um, that are aligned with their sustainability uh, policies and goals, uh, which in turn promotes you know, choice and competition within within that voluntary marketplace. Mm -hmm. As a as a as a company, I know you touched on the the, the greenwashing argument there, and um, mm. in the Tech UK um, event actually that, that I listened to, I think um, your team kind of did it um, did it justice in terms of the value that carbon offsetting can bring. I think it's kind Absolutely. of deemed as the first step and is quite an accessible way to do so. Um, did you come under kind of any external pressures, not to say um, to not run with it, but to try and push further? Um, no, not really. I mean, I think, as you say, it's an important first step. Um, and the voluntary carbon market itself has quadrupled um, since 2020. So even in the time since the platform has gone live um, with over two billion pounds, sorry, two billion dollars worth of assets traded in 2022. So the nature based assets that underwrite those carbon offsets can deliver a third of the emissions reductions that are needed to meet the 2030 targets. Um, and I think that kind of scale um, you know, reducing up to 10 gigatons a year would be difficult to achieve with reduction and prevention initiatives alone, certainly in the short to mid term. So although it may not be the most perfect solution out there, obviously, you know, prevention and reduction initiatives are you know, the best way forward. Um, it's certainly one way of sort of reducing the impact of some of those really hard to um, reduce and prevent um, scope three emissions, as they're called. Mm -hmm. Let's take it from a wider perspective. What was the hardest part of implementing this this marketplace? Um, that could be the technical side, um, which I know is not not necessarily your forte, or the development of the product itself and the partnerships you had to manage. Kind of where were the biggest problems in that process? Um, I'd say the integrations were the most complex. Um, it's by far the sort of most complex platform we've developed in terms of integrating third party data. Um, obviously, as I mentioned, there was a lot of um, third party data necessary um, really to, to back and make the projects much more detailed and credible. Um, so we needed sort of to integrate data from a huge range of sources, um, including the carbon registries themselves, um, third party insights and all of those um, additional data sources. Uh, so and I think that was obviously the most complex, um, pulling all of that information into um, one place and, and presenting it by, by means of a content management system, CMS. Um, I think that was the most complex part of it. And of course, um, Climate Impact Exchange themselves had their own settlement engine and that we needed to integrate with as well. You know, so as well as the sort of front end integrations, there was also quite a lot on the back end as well. Um, so I'd say that's probably the most complex part of it. Um, but uh, it was it's definitely a good learning experience for us. Um, and as part of the next generation platform, we've now baked integrations almost into that product um, by making it flexible and modular um, so that you can really choose whether you want to sort of integrate your own ecosystem with the platform or use our built in sort of modules themselves. Cool. Before you built or before you helped to build this platform, were there any of a similar scale that existed elsewhere that you could kind of look at? Um, I don't believe there were. I mean, there was definitely, obviously, there were carbon marketplaces out there, um, but more on the sort of e-commerce side of things. Um, whereas, obviously, the, the Climate Impact Exchange product has um, two sides to it, has the marketplaces and the auction, um, which I haven't seen in combination anywhere else personally. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't believe there was at the time. There, there may be now. Sure, sure. Kind of a yeah, a one of a kind. It's, it's it's nice to be, I guess, in in the kind of a market leading a product in which you can bring so much data together to provide that much value. Um, mm-hmm. What part of the project are you proudest about? I think the the projects themselves, um, so the ones that are being sold on the platform, are really good. Um, you know, they're they're high quality um, and they're sort of obviously verified, but they also achieve, as well as the carbon emissions, they also achieve co-benefits and sustainable development goals um, Mm -hmm. as defined by the United Nations in their local communities. So things like providing jobs for local people, um, improving education, um, improving healthcare in the region, things like that. So as well as bringing jobs to some parts of the world, they're also bringing, um, you know, sort of additional development um, and sustainable development um, for those communities in which they're being built. So um, I think that's that's really nice to know that I was contributing towards that. Um, but also, I think, you know, obviously it's a, it's a nice project to work on, isn't it? Reducing carbon emissions. I mean, it's good for, the, for everybody. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, 100 percent. I think it's, um, it's an, almost a non-negotiable now. And um, any business that facilitates its improvement is, um, yeah, should be applauded and backed. I think I'd love to touch on kind of a piece of advice. Would you give someone trying to do the same thing that you've already done? Um, I would really recommend that um, organisations start small. So um, in order to test the market and get something out there, um, we tend to work with something called a a minimum viable product or an MVP, um, be very familiar um, terminology to anybody from an agile background. Um, But I would always sort of advocate going for that approach. Um, I know with, with obviously with this project, there were a lot of data integrations, but if it's possible to prioritise those, perhaps, you know, start with some smaller integrations first and build up to the, the full suite of integrations, um, then obviously that, that gets the market out there quicker. Um, and obviously the quicker to market, the better most of the time. So uh, that, that would be the one thing I would I would recommend, particularly for, you know, startups or smaller scale businesses, you know, just sort of do the the absolute minimum to get your marketplace out there and live and transactions happening and then do sort of all the pot integrations afterwards. Um, so, you know, it could be that you do some of the processing or back office processes manually for a time, um, or it could be um, that you sort of offer a subset of data to start with, with sort of trailers saying coming soon for, for more data later on, because um, I think that does obviously enables the um, development process to go much more smoothly integrations are always unknowns um, mm-hmm. so it's it's good to sort of get those sort of the, the more complexity if you can get the more complex pieces of the puzzle further down the road obviously you can you can get something out sooner the next generation platform that uh, we're working on at the moment um, is being built specifically for reuse and um, to be used by any um, industry sector or to um, manage a range of auction models um, so I think um, the, you know the, the next generation platform that that is absolutely what it's being built for to to cater for a range of use cases um, and different trading and auction models. Um, so it could be um, commodities, it could be carbon credits again, um, it could be sort of collectibles or you know anything in in that sort of genre really, um, anything that can be traded or auctioned. Okay, great. Does that does that apply to digital assets as well potentially? Yes, it does. Um, okay. Absolutely. I think any of our listeners that have kind of um, interest in NFTs or, um, yeah, in in that space, I know it's been hit very hard recently, um, yeah. but I, I think it's definitely something in terms of digital verification and stuff like that that, that we might see. Um, 
And I think the creation of auction platforms to facilitate that is definitely going to be uh, exciting for some. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I know actually I, I, this is probably one thing I should have cleared up at the, the beginning, but I would like to touch on it now if it's okay, is um, mm-hmm. the difference between a marketplace and an auction platform. Uh, what, what are they? Um, so the marketplace is essentially an e-commerce platform where buyers can browse and compare, um, in this case, available projects and vintages of carbon credits. But it could be um, anything at all, um, you know, just like when you go on Amazon, for example, you know, you, you see something for a fixed price, you add it to your basket and simply check out. And that's mm-hmm. really the marketplace side of it. The auction platform. Um, so in this case, um, it was it hosts a specific auction event. So it's not running constantly throughout the year. It's specific auction events run periodically, um, where in this case, CIX auctioned unique projects or bespoke portfolios of curated projects. Um, and then had an interactive and transparent bidding process to facilitate competitive price discovery uh, for rare or new to market credits. Um, and then the platform ensured that the um, supply was distributed fairly among the winning bidders. Um, so that's that's really how the auction um, differs from the marketplace is that there's an auction model behind it. Um, so um, in other instances, it could be an English forward auction. Um, Christie's, for example, you know, have the, the more classic um, English forward auction where, you know, bidders place um, competitive bids. And uh, then the winners, obviously, the, the winning with winner with the highest bid at the end of the auction. Um, so with with the next generation platform, we have our core set of microservices um, and common core features um, that are available to all clients and would be used by everybody. So, you know, user management, um, content management, listing management, all of that. Um, and then underneath it, you can then plug in the auctional trading model that best suits the client's market. So it could be um, a capacity auction, it could be English forward, it could be a negotiation. Um, so a real time um, negotiation between the vendor and the um, buyer, um, for example, like a request for quote system, or it could be um, something else like a, a Dutch reverse auction. Okay, great. That's, um, wow, yeah, there's, there's so many possibilities of one <laughs> piece of technology. I don't know where to start there. I'm assuming that the auction model is a lot harder to build than a marketplace model. Would that be correct? Absolutely. I mean, I think the the marketplace uh, market is pretty much commoditized now. There are a lot of e-commerce platforms out there. Um, It's very commonplace, Mm -hmm. Um, whereas the auction platform um, is obviously much more specialized. Um, And here at Nova Fori, we've got over 10 years experience in running different auction models across multiple um, industry sectors. So I think that is much more specialist and where you need um, sort of more specialist advice and, and knowledge and experience of, of what those auction models are and also, you know, what the possible pitfalls are, um, which business models they most benefit um, and how they can best be applied to your market. Mm-hmm. I guess this is just the start for, for digital marketplaces to merge technology and the sustainability space. Um, I think and I hope that we see um, even greater traction and and availability and accessibility and all of these platforms. I actually would like to just finish with a couple of like personal things. Any areas of tech that you're particularly interested in yourself? Um, well, the big word everyone's on about at the moment is, of course, artificial intelligence. Um, I was looking at the chat GPT like everybody else in IT uh, the other week, mm-hmm. um, and that's exciting. I think it's got a lot of potential uses. Um, but obviously, like with any of these things, you've got to train the model, right? So, um, you know, it's you put the garbage in, you often get garbage out. So, you know, you've got to sort of at the moment, we keep your feet on the ground, um, but it's a potentially interesting area. Um, another 
sort of area we're very interested in at the moment is, you know, front end development, um, making sure that, you know, sites are fully responsive across all of the different devices and not just that they work on those devices, but that they're, they're fully accessible um, and, you know, you can they a pleasure to use, basically, whether you're using a, a laptop, a desktop or a mobile phone or a tablet. And mm-hmm, um, sure. so that's, you know, one of our key drives at the moment is um, making sure that we've got that business to customer experience, even when it's a business to business market. Um, so anything that improves that, uh, we're looking at React and things like that right now um, that are really important. Cool. Cool. That's great. Um, is there a potential down the line to integrate AI with digital marketplaces? Um, yeah, I mean, this is um, something that um, Will, our um, head of data science innovation, um, was talking about on a, another podcast, funny enough, quite recently. Um, there are definite potential applications um, for um, artificial intelligence in the um, auto market, for example. Um, we've got Auto Price, uh, which is a product from our data science team that can predict um, the likely profit margin on any vehicle. Um, that you put in. So that's, for example, a a good example of uh, machine learning and um, artificial intelligence being used for a specific uh, purpose to add value to the the after-car market. Mm -hmm. I really look forward to seeing how AI can impact any part of Nova Furries business, but equally in in the wider market too. Um, I guess things will become a lot more cost-efficient or hopefully become more cost-efficient. And um, can you integrate APIs into a marketplace like that? Yeah, of course. I mean, every client that comes to us um, generally has their own sort of ecosystem um, of sort of um, content management system, records management, CRM, um, enterprise resource planning, ERP system, accounting software, etc. And our next generation platform does um, integrate with those. So um, clients can basically choose whether they want to use their own system um, and avoid that sort of disruption um, of changing the operating sort of the internal operating procedures, if you like, at the same time as launching their new digital marketplace. Um, so, um, th- you know, we give them that option that we can integrate with their existing ecosystem and just plug in the auction model and the the parts of the platform that they do want to use. So it could be they, they have their own content management system um, and they want to um, plug that into our auction model so that you display uh, their content on our site and then you can you know they are the listings for people to to browse and purchase or make bids on mm-hmm. um, or they might have their own content um, sorry customer records management system um, so that just feeds the users into our user and business management module so um, yeah we, we we can definitely integrate with APIs. Great. It sounds like there's plenty of room to expand that as well um, which is really exciting. Um, it, I, I just think it's going to be over the next three to five years or probably less than that to be honest over the next year we're going to see incredibly smart uh, marketplaces if like you say the data um, is good enough or the the data that's inputted is good enough we'll we'll see some exceptional Mm -hmm. results and and hopefully some very very nice user-friendly platforms to use as well i think the the days of people from traveling all over the world to these import in-person auctions um, are probably limited i mean i think there will still be a, a case for it um, certainly at the sort of the very high end of the market, but for commodities and even sort of luxury items, um, I think you know, we are seeing massive increases in the number of transactions happening online. Mm. If you're wanting something that you can tangibly get 
value from in person or uh, or an experience that you want to physically experience um yeah. yeah i think the habits of customers and most people to be honest want ease um and if it's user friendly then um, i'm not sure anyone's turning that down um Absolutely. great stuff um just for any listeners wanting to hear a little bit more or see what nova for you are doing um what's the best way to to follow that um best thing is to to look on our website uh, novafori.com um, there's a contact form there and all the information about the platform, the website, um, everything that we do. Amazing. Amazing. Um, actually, on the back of this, um, I spoke to our directors about carbon offsetting um, any air miles that we do. Yeah. Um, and so we'll be looking um, at your platform as a potential way to do that as well, uh, which is yeah, which is really exciting for me um, as an advocate for sustainability. But equally, um, I think Mark's an important first step for our business um, tech fellow to, to do that. Pleasure. And yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens with wider marketplaces um, in the next couple of months.